When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Welcome to Giddy Up. It's the Friday finisher. My name is Josh Jenkins in the chair for Gareth Hall for the last time as he resumes hostilities on Monday morning. The great man, the G man, he's back. In action, but we're going to finish things strongly here on Getty Up today because we've got a big weekend of racing. Of course, we've spoken about the Geelong Coastal Classic all week, and we'll continue that build up. We're going to speak to Troy Corston shortly from Malua Racing. Of course, they're a very prominent training partnership, Leon and Troy from the Geelong region. They've got a base in Melbourne as well, but certainly known for their work in Geelong. I know Troy would be certainly. Proud of the work that the Geelong Racing uh, Club has done to bring this to life. And we are only 24 hours or so away from it coming to life on the track. Darren Carroll, he's been with me all week. He'll be back to preview the Cobram Cup. He promised us he'd have a look at the trials of invitation only. I know he will have done that. He uh, found us a nice winner early in the card at Ballarat last night. We'll speak to Sigrid Carr as well in the first half hour of the show because there's a big Tasmanian Guineas uh, card on tonight. That's going to be a a big card of racing, hopefully a big crowd on track as well. And Sigrid Carr will be the main player because she's got some runners and some rides tonight that would be the envy of even visitors like John McNeil and Carlene Heffel. So we'll speak to Sigrid Carr uh, shortly which I'm looking forward to. And then, as always, in our condensed Friday shows, we'll have our bag of tips from 10 o'clock. Steve Cleve's done the form for Melton. Bear Robinson will give us a few winners at Tassie. Mitch Lewis has done the form for Cranbourne this evening. Luke Hofenesian will have the New South Wales mail for us. And Chris Nelson will share some tips at the sunny coast, as well as maybe one or two for tomorrow as we look forward to that big first weekend of the Magic Millions Carnival. It's going to be a huge day tomorrow. A lot of horses, uh, probably more than I expected up there in Queensland, looking to do the the double. So I know the Team McAvoy runners are looking to do the uh, the Sunlight double, the uh, Saturday into Saturday double. Arabian Summer turns up there as a short price favourite tomorrow. So looking forward to getting stuck into that with Chris Nelson today and tomorrow as we lock in on SCN track tomorrow because myself, Cam, and Tags will be on course at Geelong for this big Geelong Coastal Classic. It's going to be a fantastic day for sure. And your involvement is key. It always is. I know you've done your form. It's all locked and loaded. You've done your replays. You've done your trials. So make sure you get on the line. Let us know. If you've got a winner, send it in. 0499 736 736. And I can share that with the listening audience. Or drop us a tweet via X at SEN Giddy Up or at SEN underscore track. That's the way to get in touch with us today. 0499 736 736. I've made the effort to come to Melbourne. I haven't been up to the uh, Big Smoke for a couple of weeks. So it's nice to be in studio here at SEN and ready to rock and roll. Speaking of ready to rock and roll... Troy Corstens from Malua Racing is ready to rock and roll on the uh, the eve of the big Geelong Coastal Classic, and he's been good enough to give us a few minutes of his time. Troy, good morning. Morning, Josh. How are you? Yeah, going well. Getting very excited as well, not just because I don't have to make the commute up to Melbourne to the studio for trackside tomorrow, uh, because I can come on track and join in what promises to be, what is shaping up to be a massive day for, for Geelong Racing tomorrow. It's a fantastic concept, and uh, I can't wait to see how it goes. I think the, the crowd will be amazing, and I just think it's a really good idea. It's uh, a time of year where the, the population really congregates down the coast, and uh, I'm hoping that it goes as, as good as we think it will. 
Well, it's certainly, it's, it's a great call in terms of, you know, there's so many people. I was just speaking to someone before the show started. You know, towns like Lawn and, 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 and those sort of areas just absolutely pack up Torquay and, and, and Barwon Heads. There are so many people in the area. So, you know, bringing even two, three, four, five percent of those people to the racetrack would, would see a huge crowd on course tomorrow. And Troy, it feels like the right time of year to, to take some of these meetings away from the big Melbourne tracks and, and give the, the, the bigger, I guess, country tracks. Geelong's uh, technically a country track, but give these bigger country tracks an opportunity to put on a big day. Well, it's such a good track too, Josh. That's the other thing. It, um, you, know, you know, it's it, it, a beautiful wide track. It's, it's very fair. It, it gives every horse its opportunity. And most importantly, the, the fields look fantastic tomorrow. And and from a, from the club's point of view, they've really gone to work on this. The Coastal Classic speaks for itself. Three hundred thousand dollars on the line. That's going to bring good horses to the racetrack um, wherever that's run. But certainly, you know, the the boldness, I guess, to to move the Black Pearl away from Cup Day, which I guess would would be done with some trepidation, but to add to what tomorrow will be. And then also, I think the the, the hidden gem is, is the uh, two-year-old opportunity for the, the winner of that two-year-old race to go straight into the Blue Diamond. That's a massive carrot. And the timing's perfect, isn't it? So they, And I don't think the, the Black Pearl, gee, it's a, a terrific field. And um, as you say, the, the two-year-old race is very exciting and the, and the step up into the Blue Diamond is uh, very appealing. Absolutely, it is. Well, let's uh, go through your a couple of runners that you've got uh, ready to rock and roll uh, tomorrow. We speak about us. So I just uh, lose my page. But uh, Zoo Sensation, uh, son of Zoo Star, comes off a, a bit of a throat operation and uh, looked pretty good in a couple of runs this prep. 1,400 metres, probably the, the the only query there. Yeah, but if you look at his damn side, Josh, his, his mother was, uh, she she got out in trip. So we, we're not worried about that at all. I do think that um, I think he'll get it, and I don't think the weight's an issue either. He's come right on this horse, and I'm very, very pleased with him. I think he's going to run a huge race. And then you've got you've got a, uh, a long wait, so you'll be able to enjoy some of those uh, kids' activities and the festivities on course uh, until you get to the, the Black Pearl later in the day. And um, you've got Defiant Diva, who's a big price. I think she's certainly um, well and truly over the odds in terms of her absolute best uh, ability if she can put her best hoof forward tomorrow she'll be she'll be capable of running a, a pretty bold race I think spot on she's super honest Josh and she um, Liam Reardon goes on a little bit of a sticky gate uh, but we've put the blinkers on just to keep her nice and sharp over the 1200 I do think that she'll get out over 14 and, and possibly a mile as she gets into her preparation but if we can get a little bit of that black type tomorrow uh, that's what we're there for uh Probably the uh, zoo sensation probably has to be the best of your two chances, even though you give Defiant Diva a good chance of running a pretty bold race. He is. I'm very, I'm very confident with him, Josh. He's, he's really done well since his uh, last win at Mooney Valley, and I think uh, he hasn't gone backwards at all. Um, with all due respect to her, he's probably in an, a lot easier race, and I think he can uh, really put his best foot forward tomorrow. And we've seen Zoo Purring. He's been uh, tipped on this show a couple of times this week, but uh, scratched a couple of times. Goes to stall today? Yeah, we we had him in at Seymour, which looked a, a really good race for him, and then the rain hit, and he just doesn't like it at all. So we took him out, um, and it, it does look a nice race for him today. Down in the weights a little bit. Uh, he'll go forward. He makes his own luck. And Liam uh, Ridden's, uh, as I said, he's riding very well at the moment. He'll give him a good show. And we saw, I guess, the stable star, the astrologist, return to the track. It must have been a great thrill to see him uh, back in action and hitting the line pretty good too. We spoke to Nathan Bennett earlier in the week, and he certainly, you know, he, he probably didn't have free galloping room to really stretch out and, and, and savage the line, but it looked like he was running through the line nicely. And uh, he's on a nice path toward the All Stakes, I presume. Yeah, he's solid. He was very solid. So we'll run next Saturday in the Standish. That'll top him off and have him spot on for the uh, All, where he'll come down in weight, which I think is key to the Astrologist. Do you think he's come back? You've probably had him uh, back, you know, back in Oz long enough and back to the races. You think he's come back? You know, he's getting on in age a little bit, but he's come back as good uh, as he was before he went away. Yeah, his work's been as good. I suppose we've just got to see it back on the racetrack, but he never really fires until sort of third or fourth up into a preparation usually. 
Um, and, I, and being a little bit older, he's probably just going to take that bit to come to hand. So I expect a, a more forward showing in the Standish, and then you'll see um, the real astrologist once we get him out to the 1400. We love that because the real version of the astrologist is a is a is a great horse to watch. He's a very hard horse to get past. I was having a look at your your website, Troy, and I see that you know, notice you've got a few um, Hanseatic babies in the stable. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're coming along because I've got a bit of a fascination. We talk about these big you know, stallion-making races. And uh, Hanseatic was a horse who was narrowly beaten in one of those big stallion-making races. So uh, it's interesting how a horse who can be um, beaten ahead or all of a sudden is worth millions and millions less than they may have. So how are those Hanseatic youngsters coming along? Yeah, they're really great types, actually. I'm up on the Gold Coast. It's his first season, so I'm looking at yearlings at the moment. Um, and I've actually got a, a breeding right in Hanseatic, so um, I've got a, a vested interest in the horse. I, I thought he was a lovely racehorse, and I think he's a, a real stallion for the future. So I'm a, a big fan. Absolutely, it is interesting, though, isn't it? I know you've probably you're probably able to look past the the true race result, but certainly, a, you know, a horse in a big race like the like the Coolmore or the Blue Diamond can get their head down and, and win the race, and the horse that's left in, in second is is seemingly worth, you know, tens of millions less. It is, but if you look at uh, who's possibly the best stallion in Australia at the moment, is I'm invincible when he never won a group one. So it just goes to show that uh, very, very good racehorses that can do it on the track, they don't necessarily need to win to make a good stallion. And you mentioned you're up there on the Gold Coast, uh, all business, no doubt. Uh, you've got, um, in terms of your uh, planning and, and, and purchasing, we've been speaking to, to trainers and connections all week. Do you, do, you, do you really hone in on your budget first and foremost? Have you got owners that you're locked and loaded w- with horses ready to sell? Are there, are there horses that are going to go through the ring that you're just going to say to yourself, well, I just have to have it and I'll worry about selling the horse later? Well, that, that happens with uh, probably 95% of trainers. If we don't buy our own horses, um, you don't get given a lot, I can tell you. So you've got to really stick your neck out and um, basically put your neck in a noose. So you, you want to make sure you're buying the right one that you can sell them down. How, how, how stressful can that be when you, you know, you say you're going three four $400,000 for, and you can go much higher, but say, you, you know, you buy one for a quarter of a million, say, and, and you haven't really got anyone to buy it. You just know it's a nice type. You know that if you can get it in your program, then hopefully it's a good racehorse. But when you haven't got, haven't got owners for the horses, that must be, must be stressful at times. Extremely. It's uh, lots of sleepless nights, I can tell you. And, uh, Horse trainers' uh, sleeping patterns aren't fantastic the way that they are, but it just adds another stress to the to the factor. Um, but you know what? As I said, Josh, if we don't if we don't stick our necks out and buy these horses, uh, we've got no bums on seats and no horses in boxes, and you can't train empty boxes. So we need to go out there. We need to buy these horses and. Um, you know, you just hope like hell that when you buy them that you can sell them down. Absolutely. And so uh, the plan is for your hand up to go a few times on uh, when, when we get to the sales ring on uh, after the races? Cost of living has really affected um, selling shares in horses. So I'm going to be very careful this year. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to be... Um, I usually sort of come away from here with uh, between 10 and 15. Uh, last year, I came away with eight. Uh, this year, it's, it's going to be tougher again. You know, if I can get five or six, I'll be pretty happy, I think. Absolutely. And maluaracing.com.au, if anyone wants to uh, jump in and, and grab two, five, 10%, then that's the place to go. Everyone's more than welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Troy, uh, thanks for your time. Enjoy the uh, hard work slash sunshine up there on the Gold Coast. Hopefully you can uh, come away with a few horses and hopefully you can come away with a victory or two tomorrow at Geelong in this big Coastal Classic. Thanks for your time on Giddy Up. Thanks, Josh. There's Troy Corstens, one half of Malua Racing. And uh, certainly you could sense the confidence in Troy's voice voice when it came to Zoo Sensation. So make sure uh, you're having a little shekel or two on Zoo Sensation tomorrow uh, in Geelong because uh, that horse is certainly... Come back in good form. Often uh, horses, you know, struggle coming back off those throat operations, but certainly uh, that hasn't been a worry for Zoo Sensation. So I'm just looking for that horse in the market. Race three, number two, and you're getting around $10 as well. Uh, So make sure you uh, have something small each way on Zoo Sensation. We're off to a flyer here on Giddy Up. We're going to go to our first break because on the other side, we're going to speak to Siggy Carr.
live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Josh Jenkins in the chair. G Hall returns Monday, so make sure you have got your alarms set. Uh, our next guest, it was great to speak to Troy Corstens, who was very uh, honest and upfront about how hard it can be to uh, purchase and sell these yearlings. So uh, that's going to be fascinating. It's not as easy as it seems. We see the big money and the flash horses, but there's a lot more to it. Looking forward to the big Tasmanian Guineas uh, meeting tonight at Hobart. It's going to be an absolute cracker. And one person who will be playing a major, major role is Sigrid Carr, and she's been good enough to join us on the line. Sigrid, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I can hear the horses uh, clopping around in the background, so you're hard at it? Yep. We are flat out this morning, yep. All right. Well, we won't keep you too long. You've got a, a very, very busy evening tonight. Uh, how do you balance the, the uh, I'm sure you've been asked this many, many times, but in terms of a big meeting like tonight, you've got a hand, more than a handful of rides. You've got a couple of horses in there that you prepare yourself. How do you balance out the, the preparation side of things in terms of your form? Look, I try to do the form and everything, obviously, the night before um, and then just take into account the next morning with the scratching. But um, it's, it's actually quite easy to do. I find it good down here in Tassie. I no way I can manage it in Victoria with all the race meetings, but you're very familiar with a lot of the horses and obviously all the jockeys down here apart from when um, some of the mainlanders come over, but pretty familiar with everything, so it doesn't take overly long. Probably your, your best chance, well, certainly in terms of the market, will come up in race number four you've got a heap of, of great chances but certainly love and bev are drawn quite nicely uh a horse that, that you prepare taylor johnston claims the the weight allowance and at, at, at about a dollar 40 that should be your, your best chance for a winner on the night oh certainly so she's um just flying the mare she seems to have found her niche stepping up to the 1400 and um obviously she's been doing all the racing recently in launceston so she's got to bring it down to hobart but Basically, Hobart's our home track. Um, she's done a fair bit of uh, grass gallops and things like that, so she's very familiar with Hobart. The first ever run she had for me um, was down there, and it certainly um, lost no admirers. So I'm sure that won't be an issue. Elected to go with the three kilos. Um, Taylor's ridden in a lot of track work and just thought it was a good opportunity to pull three off her back and make her an even more bigger chance. Absolutely. She'll uh, go around a... Uh, a very short price favourite tonight. In the first, uh, the uh, the young guns, the young horses go around and you'll be riding uh, Gigi's Legacy. You've got the most uh, race day experience with the with the two runs under your belt, which can only help. But um, nice and tactical, these little four-horse fields. Oh, they certainly are. And, and as you've mentioned, he's got that race experience. And I feel the horse is continuing to improve from his first start to his second start. Um, he's always shown a bit of ability and, and Stuart Gandy's had a lot of time for him, which he still does. So I'm pretty confident he's going to run a good race. And you've, you'll uh, prepare Miss Tanzanite in the second uh, event. Um, a horse, uh, a, a mare by Needs Further, who um, I guess figure form's not, uh, sorry, in terms of uh, the career record, six starts for only one placing, but the horse has been going a little bit better than that if you, if you have a look at the figure form. Oh, absolutely. Like she blew the start last time. Um, she was meant to be up on speed and blew the start and um, absolutely rattled home running the fastest last 800 of the um, night on a good night. And um, and so that was a little bit disappointing in a way and she probably still she shouldn't be a maiden, but she is. And um, I think she's freshened up nicely. Uh, once again, sort of been doing a lot of her racing up in Launceston. So interesting how she'll go down at Hobart, but once again, done plenty of trials and, and grass gallops down there, so she's familiar with the track. Absolutely. Yeah, Rod, the, the favourite in race number three, Mr. Manahai. I'm going to uh, say the horse's name is, but either way, you'll be hoping uh, that that horse can get the job done for you in race three. Yeah, certainly, and you can't fault John Keyes as a trainer, so um, when you're jumping on one of his, you know you're a chance, and uh, he's probably a little bit plain last start, and he's on a quick backup, but... Um, like I said, he knows what he's doing, John. So looking forward to riding the horse. Uh, Gold Meadows uh, been racing in, in really good form. A horse you, you know quite well. This wordsmith filly, the career record overall is quite good. A couple of wins from seven career runs and three more uh, runners up uh, as well. So this horse, Gold Meadows, uh, racing quite nicely and should be another good chance for you tonight over 
1,400 metres. Yeah, definitely. It'll be really good to see how she goes over the 14 on the grass. Um, she ran really well last start over 1350 on the synthetic, and I think if she sees out the 1400, she might be a nice chance when it comes into a 1,000 guineas over the mile for three-year-old filly. And in the guineas, the big race on the night over the mile uh, goes at a quarter past five this evening. So uh, you'll uh, ride and prepare. Uh, Thespian Waters, this horse, this preparation has been really, really good. Um, resume with a nice win and then a couple of uh, placings uh, since then. So that win at Hobart over 1,100 metres. Just The horses just kept stepping up in distance, 1,100 to 1,200 to, to seven furlongs. No question about getting the mile tonight? Oh, I guess until they're proven, there is always that question mark. But um, he's always indicated that he'd want the mile back from when he was a two-year-old. He just, he's got such a beautiful, relaxed nature and a lovely big stride that we think that the mile will just suit him because he'll just be able to find his feet and, and work through his gears. Um, and obviously, there's always the option later on in the carnival. If he happen to not get the mile, we can freshen up for one of the shorter feature three-year-old races. But... Um, He's continuing to progress. He probably should have won the three-year-old cup. He had a good look at the winning post that night, so that was very disappointing in a way, but still ran well. Um, his run last start was super on a rain-affected track, and I probably got too far out of his ground, so expect him to probably be a little bit closer today from a bit of a sticky draw, but um, I know I've got the horse under me, so um, I think that he'll be more than competitive. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to spend some time in the winner's room because you've got races seven and eight off. So hopefully uh, you'll be celebrating a, a big win in the guineas, but then you've got to back up and uh, Taylor Johnston rides 16 for you again in the last. And this horse is close enough to, to wads on. Been racing very, very consistently. No worse than fourth from four runs this preparation. So um, you can't ask for much more from, from this uh, daughter of needs further. And hopefully she can get the job done for you in the last. Absolutely, and she is. She's just out and out honest. I think she's had 17 starts to 16 checks, so it's very hard to find a horse that does that, and, and she just gives her all, and, and Taylor's found the uh, way to ride her. She's getting it to settle now, um, and I think she should be just behind the speed there, but she used to go hard and, and sort of be finding late um, that horses would get over the top of her, but um, it's been good to see her want to settle, and it's nice when an apprentice gets along so well with a horse that then they can take those extra couple of kilos off, so um, yeah, really, really excited for her in the last as well. I'm sure you're hoping uh, Thespian Waters is your best chance or you, if you're only to have one winner, then that's the horse that wins. But who do you think's your, your best chance on the uh, on the big nine race card tonight? Oh, look, it'd have to be Love and Bev. Um, but like you say, I'd, I'd be very, very happy if I could take out the guineas. It'll be um, the biggest win I would have had as a trainer. So... Very excited for it, and I think I've got the horse to do it. Absolutely, and uh, good to see. Uh, I mean, they're coming down to probably pinch a few rides from those who do all the hard work in the mornings, but Joe McNeil and Colleen Heffel, among others, coming down and joining in tonight. Yeah, and it's obviously um, when there's good jockeys, it's always good racing, and um, it's all part of it, isn't it? And if people lose rides, they always get disappointed in that, but at the same time, you're getting taken off for good riders, so you've sort of got to cop that as well. Absolutely. In terms of the weather, how how's it? How's the day? How's the morning shaping up there in, in Tassie uh, for tonight's card at Hobart? Um, it's pretty warm. I think we're meant to get about 25 degrees, so that's pretty warm for Tassie. Um, it always feels a lot hotter than 25 degrees when it's that. It feels more like a 30-degree day. So hopefully it doesn't get too hot down there, but if it, um, if it does, I think we'll attract a pretty good crowd. Absolutely. Sigrid Carr, good luck uh, tonight. You've got a Busy day and a busy night ahead, so good luck with all of your rides and runners and thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. Cheers. No worries at all. There's Sigrid Carr, who uh, is the major player on tonight's uh, Tasmanian Guineas card. It's going to be a fantastic night there, uh, or afternoon slash evening now, I should say. The first goes at a quarter past two this afternoon, uh, a 1,000-metre contest for the babies and big nine race card with the last uh, getting underway at seven minutes to seven. Sigrid Carr was our guest. It's 9.30 and news time. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Uh, don't forget this uh, weekend. Tomorrow, in fact, it is almost here, only uh, 24 hours 
away. In fact, probably 26 or 27 hours away. Super Saturday on the coast. And trackside, SEN trackside, will be there. Cam Luke, David Taggart, they're making the road trip to join me live at the Geelong Racing Club tomorrow afternoon from 12. Saddle up for Geelong's ultimate summer race day spectacle and Geelong Racing Club's first ever Metro grade race day. Of course, we've got the Coastal Classic. We've got the Black Pearl for the Phillies and Mares. And we've got the Win and Urine race for the two-year-olds in the Blue Diamond. As well as the, the great racing, there'll be heaps of activities for the kids. There'll be some live entertainment. There's a DJ uh, making his way onto the racetrack as well. And the Piccadilly Makers Market will be there. So there's something for absolutely everybody. And the dress code, make sure you wear your boardies or your summer dress. And join me, Cam, and Tags this Saturday, which is tomorrow, on track. If you can't be there, make sure you're tuning in via SEN track. That is the only place to catch all of our work tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll be finding... Plenty of winners. I mentioned this earlier in the week, but James McDonald has been confirmed to be coming home. He'll be going back to New Zealand to ride at the massive and rich Karaka Millions meeting at Ellerslie on January 27. It'll be the, the grand opening, not the official opening, but the grand opening of Ellerslie. They are racing there uh, beforehand, but January 27 is that big Karaka Millions meeting and James McDonald, the, the rider that the the, the club was desperate to get. He will be there. He's locked in to ride uh, orchestral in the $1.5 million Caraca Millions in the three-year-old race and Velocious in the two-year-old version as well. So he's got a couple of big rides in the big races. Blake Shin is also confirmed to be riding at the meeting. J-Mac, of course, rode 15 winners in just over a month in Hong Kong, and he'll get the hero's reception when he returns to New Zealand to ride for the first time since 20. 20. He's also locked in to ride at the Magic Millions Carnival next weekend, which will be his first ride in Australia since partnering Zaki in the Northerly Stakes when that horse ran second. So J-Mac is officially going to be riding at the Karaka Millions meeting at Ellerslie on January 27, which will certainly draw plenty of eyeballs and plenty of extra turnover to what will already be a massive event. Uh, time for a break because Darren Carroll is not far away to preview the big Cobram Pacing Cup this Sunday. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Uh, welcome back to Giddy Up. Josh Jenkins in the chair for the last time before Gareth Hall resumes his duties on Monday morning. Our next guest uh, found us a nice winner at Ballarat last night, early in the card. Someone was uh, straight on Twitter thanking uh, the great man for the selection. His name is Darren Carroll. He's been good enough to join me again. Darren, good morning. Morning, Josh. Uh, you've done a great job filling in for the great man, but uh, he's got hard to, uh, hard shoes to follow when he comes back next week. So. No, I think he'll, he'll be uh, he'll be ready uh, to rock and roll. I'm just trying to can't find um, the second of your selections last night. How did uh, how did it go? Yeah, they both saluted. Oh. So the second one was the Trotter in race four. Um, of course, yes, yes, um, Karen and Peter. Valerie Lane, yes. I think it was two seventy when we mentioned it in the morning. Got in pretty short, but the other one got out. So, which I think what we said in the morning, don't rush into the two dollars seventy. So nice to get a winner. Absolutely, absolutely. Fine work, fine work. Um, now, I believe we're here to talk about Cobram, but I believe you've got a couple of uh, tips for us at Bort today. So there's no track uh, you won't uh, do the form for. So you like if you were uh, Bort today? Yeah, Bort's a lovely little track. They, they do a great job. I'm doing their punters club for them um, from home today. So um, credit to them for trying something a little bit different. But, um, yeah, I like to support Bort. There's a couple there that I like. Um, the last few races, race seven, number one, long road to nowhere. I think it'll lead and be very hard to beat. We tipped it on this show in the last few weeks. So I think it'll lead and be very, very hard to run down. And the last one I like is race eight, number 11, high for Lonte. Um, for Sam Barker and Alex Ashwood, it's in great form. I think it'll go around to the death and be too strong late. So they're the two I like at Bort. And I'll leave uh, Melton to Steve Cleave when he comes on for bag of tips later on. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, appreciate those two. So race seven, number one. 
and race yep. eight, number 11. So that's uh, yep. they are the two we can get involved with. Now, this Cobram uh, meeting on Sunday, we uh, set you a little bit of homework in terms of the cup and having a look at invitation only. Uh, what did you make of uh, what you saw? Yeah, had two trials, Josh. Uh, the first one was pretty soft in a fairly good standard trial. And the second one, he sat last uh, and he won. He beat a fairly substandard sort of field. He did uh, a good job on the clock. So, um, got out his last mile in about 159, but uh, buzzing home in about 27.8, which is quick enough. But he needs to be quick enough for this kind of field. Um, so, yeah, okay without being over flattering that said back me. So, I'll probably take him on here, I reckon. Mm. Um, okay, well, where where will you? Um, I don't think I've I haven't seen a market for the for the Cobram Cup no, as yet. Which no markets as yet. I, I suggest that uh, Earl of Pembroke will come up favourite. Uh, I reckon he's probably around about two fifty, two sixty type chance. Um, look, it, it is a big ask. He's a just a, a current four year old, so he's only just turned four. Um, he's taking on a you know fairly strong field. But he does get the barrier advantage over what I perceive as the main dangers. So he's probably around 250, 260. Uh, Platinum Stride, I reckon, will be the second pick in the market. Um, very hard to beat. He did run third in the SA Cup and went ahead of the SA Cup uh, at the end of last year. So uh, also placed in the Stall Cup. So he's probably the, the more reliable, um, proven at the trip, proven at the class top performer. Um, then you've got the six printers type horses like Aranya, uh, Royal for Roscoe, Captain Pins, Major Meister, who, you know, this time last year, Josh, he won the Bendigo Cup. So, mm. Mm. Um, and then went on to win the Cranbourne Cup as well. So he was in scintillating form at this time last year. So uh, where am I leaning? Look, I, I do think the favourite would be hard to beat, um, but probably on each way basis, the safest way to go would probably be Platinum Stride, who should be each way odds. And just rehashing where you were keen to, to play or what you thought of the, the Bendigo Pacing Cup, which is, uh, of course, tomorrow night, the big Bendigo Cup into the Cobram Cup. So it's a big uh, country cups weekend. Beyond Delight, sort of surprisingly to me, has come up a, a, a pretty solid favourite. There's been money for the horse as well. So um, been very consistent, but I feel like he, he probably needs the right run to be winning. Now, that can be said for most of these, but... Um, Max Delights had some support. He was the one you were keener on earlier in the week. Serge Blanco gets the good gate. Triple eight's, you know, capable. Uh, Hurricane Harley's capable, but is does he like the extended trip? Probably not. So where, in terms of now that you've got the market and you've seen it for a couple of days, are you still with Max Delight? Yeah, I'm still leaning that way. I'll probably two bet the race, Josh. Uh, I think Serge Blanco's flying and uh, going really, really well. He's got the barrier advantage and the tactical advantage um, as well. So I think that he'll try and lead, but if too much pressure comes, you know, what's he going to hand up to? And probably the way the market's swaying is I think that that course might be beyond delight. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to back Serge Blanco and Max Delight, and the market should allow us to do that to get a profit. That's the way I'll be attacking the race. Have you got Serge Blanco leading all of the way? Do you think that's what Ryan and Steve Duffy will plan to do? He's good enough to do so. I don't think they ever intend to to go out and want to hand up. But if the right horse came knocking, they'd probably hand up. Um, but, yeah, that right horse would have to be beyond delight. Um, so he might take a sit because he's proven when he's won the two country cups both times, he's led, taken cover and, and got him over the top of him. So he can do that, but he can also lead as well. Um, but my gut feel is that Beyond Delight might come looking hard and um, you know, therefore Serge Blinko would be happy to take cover. Well, there, therefore, what do you make of, of, of Hurricane Harley's chances? Because he, he's $6.50, but he'll, he'll either likely be leaders back or even three back on the fence. Now, a horse who, who's a bit of a query at the longer trip, three back the fence is a fantastic place to be. We know he's fast. Um, he's had seven goes at Bendigo for five wins. Now, we know that he's probably better when he's in front and he's probably better when he's over those shorter trips. But if he's ever going to strike a blow in a big race and a big staying race, this might be it. Yeah, you're right. His, his record is unbelievable when he leads. Um, record behind leader okay as well. Record three fence. Um, it'll be a lot harder because there's, you know, other horses that can come home really quick. Like, you know, you give Triple Eight a run that is um, similar to mm. Hurricane Harley, and he'll be hitting the line really hard as well. So 
I think his best chance is if he uh, fits on Serge Blanco's back, but if he's three fence, then he's going to need a really quick last, uh, probably the first part of the, the last half, so that they come home a little bit slower and allow him to get home over top of them. So you're not discounting his chance. That's definitely a chance, but uh, I'm probably swaying away from him based on my map. What do you what do you make of? We spoke earlier in the week, I guess, from a philosophical point of view. But you, one of your strong points was you'd like to see, you know, Melton's on every Saturday and 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 every whatever other day it is. And these these country cups, these big, you know, Bendigo and Shepparton and Ballarat will take over that that Saturday. And and Melton, to me, you know, I follow the sport. Melton, I didn't really realise that Melton was on tonight. I mean, maybe I I should have just um, uh, thought ahead and and realised that these country cups are taking. Over the Saturday, so what? What do you? What do you, is there a better place for these country cups to to be run and won? Could you have a big double up? Would that be too hard on participants? But what do you make of, I guess, scheduling when it comes to these country cups, and then therefore shifting Melton to a Friday? No, I quite like um, the country cups. I mean, if you look at the Gallops, for example, um, their main country cups, such as you know the Ballarat Cup and things like that, they get a standalone Saturday, mm. um, which works quite well for those kind of clubs. Um, so, yeah, I'm fully behind the fact that these the, the major clubs get a Saturday night. Uh, tonight's Melton meeting is a country front meeting, so it's not Metro. So it's not stealing away from the horses that uh, will compete tomorrow night. Um, so, no, all for it. Um, give them an opportunity for their once a year, get the crowd, the local crowd, because, you know, we love the fact that, that we can get uh, people back to the track. And at this time of the year, I just think it works really well Saturday night. So uh, the fact is that we've probably got nearly... You know, three of the four Saturday nights um, over the coming month of January, um, all filled with country cups. Um, yep, yeah, I think it works well. Absolutely. It's going to be a big weekend of harness racing action as the, the summer of glory really starts to heat up and we uh, move toward these big group ones, Darren, and you'll be uh, here to guide us through all of it. Thanks for your time this morning and have a good weekend. Cheers, Josh. Thank you. There's Darren Carroll. We've got the Garrard's Horse and Hound Bendigo Pacing Cup Saturday night. And don't miss the Jim Phillips Memorial Cobram Pacing Cup Sunday, January 7, the very next day. It is going to be fantastic. And you can catch it all live and free on Trots Vision and Sky Racing. Time for us to get a quick break out of the way as we just start to approach Bag of Tips after 10. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. We've got our bag of tips after 10 o'clock. It's going to be uh, a big, quick, swift bag of tips as well. Steve Cleave, Bear Robinson, Mitch Lewis, Luke Hofanesian and Chris Nelson all to punch through their tips in the uh, remaining half hour after 10 o'clock. So it's going to be swift. It's going to be very, very swift. And our tipsters will be slick and hopefully successful as Darren Carroll was uh, last night going two from two, if you do not mind, at Ballarat. We've had uh, plenty of trainers and participants on the line this week. They're always great with their time. Troy Corsons this morning off the top gave a great push to Zoo Sensation. He was very confident about Zoo Sensation's chances coming back from that throat up and running really, really well at Mooney Valley uh, with a nice victory. So Zoo Sensation at Geelong looks a very good chance in race three, around $9, if you don't mind. Uh, he was also suggesting Defiant Diva in the Black Pearl was over the odds. Gavin Bedgegood, who we spoke to yesterday, was keen on Spring Eagle. He gave that horse a very good push, and you could get as much as $61, $71 earlier in the week. Uh, the horse has shortened up. Uh, a little bit, but I reckon you might see better as uh, as we get closer to the jump. So that's race five tomorrow at Geelong. Spring Eagle is uh, horse number 13. So we're seeing $27 in from 81, but I reckon we'll get bigger. Still a good price. Also, Keats uh, in the Coastal Classic is the $5 equal favorite as well. Jimmy Dalton, who's the track manager down there at Geelong, he's got his uh, ear to the ground. He knows what's happening. He was keen on Lafargue, who's got very good... Uh, stats when it comes to racing at Geelong. Three starts for two wins and a second. That horse is a $10 chance. And I reckon Chris Lee's best chance is Chili Philly up there on the Gold Coast. That horse looks to be a very, very sharp animal indeed. So there are some selections. Chili Philly's race eight, number 17 
on the Gold Coast. I'll get the uh, views of Chris Nelson on Chile, Philly, draw nicely for Timmy Clark, has won two from three in her career, the daughter of Vancouver. So there's some selections from our trainers and track managers. After the break, we're going to get some selections from our absolute gun tipsters, the Bear, Steve Cleave, Mitchie Lewis, Luke Hofanesian and Chris Nelson all up after 10 a.m. with our bag of tips, all thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound. Stay with us. Plenty more next. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. It's three minutes past ten and it's time to rip into Friday's bag of tips and they're all thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound for all your equine essentials. We'll start things off down there in Tassie. We've got the big Tasmanian Guineas meeting tonight. We spoke to Sigrid Carr a little bit earlier, who's going to play a big part. I wonder whether she'll feature in Bear Robinson's tips. He's been good enough to jump on the line and open the bowling. Bear, good morning. Morning, JJ. How are you going, mate? Going well, going well. I'll be going even better if you can steer us into a few winners tonight. Let's hope, mate. We're going to have to wait late in the day, though. I think the best each way is race eight, number nine, swinging it. It's about $5.50. Been in really good form this prep. Last start, it finished probably in the worst part of the track, but it still finished off really well. I think from barrier four, I reckon Carleen Heffel will sit in the first four. I'd love it to be behind the leader because there's a bit of pace outside of shooting north to Puzzle and Volkanovski. If I reckon if she can land in the first three or four, I reckon the gaps will open at the top of the straight and she'll get every chance to uh, get back in the winner's circle. So I reckon that the horse is going really good this prep. So race eight, number nine. Swinging it. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, have you got one or two more for us? Yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've got, uh, in race nine, I reckon um, Ziggy's horse 16 will be really hard to beat. I'm not sure if she mentioned that when she was on before, but I really like the claim for Taylor Johnson. Um, it gets it a fair way away from the top weight, who I think is probably the danger. Um, 16 goes really well for Taylor Johnson. I think it's a nice, consistent animal, and I reckon it's going to just sit in behind the pace and Hopefully, we get every chance to conclude to get over the top of them. So, I think the claim is really important in this race. So, it's a um, really good placement by Ziggy to put Taylor on, especially when Taylor can claim three on these bigger days. Beautiful. That's race nine, uh, number four. One more before we let you go. Yeah, just this is more of a place bet. In race seven, Jack Jack's a dollar fifty, and it's, it's a nice animal. But uh, sorry, Charlie Bucket's a dollar fifty. It's a nice animal, but Jack Jack's hit the line really well last start. I know Gary White was on track. He thought it'd run a really good race the other day and there's no reason to jump off now. I think Gary Stable's was going really well and I think race seven, number eight, Jack Jack. It's 20 to one to win, but $3 a place is a nice little place bet there. Beautiful. Bear, I appreciate that. Race eight, number nine on an each way basis. Race nine, number four, 16, and then race seven, number eight, uh, certainly more the place than the win. Bear, good luck and uh, enjoy that uh, big card there at Hobart uh, this afternoon. Looking forward to it, mate. Have a great day. Beautiful. There's uh, Bear Robinson from Tasmania with all things uh, Tassie racing on that big, big nine race card at Hobart today. Steve Cleave has done the form for Melton. I presume he's on uh, he's on uh, Trot's Vision across the weekend as well. He's a busy, busy man. He's also uh, going to take us through the big Bendigo Cup and the Mary Mile and the Cobram Cup fields this morning right after I'm done on the Friday form panel from 10.30 with Dan Malecki and he's on Friday night track as well with Damo tonight. So he's a busy man. We won't keep him long. We'll just get his selections and hopefully they're winners. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Good to be uh, with you today, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's a tricky little Melton card tonight. Do you reckon you found a few winners? Yeah, look, it is very tricky. So we're going to kick off the card very early. And I just brought up the odds. And oh, I hate doing this, but the first one that we were going into, the punters have already stepped into it. Opened at $2.10 today. Unfortunately, it's now $1.75. But race one, number seven, the Statesman, is my best bet of the night. Uh, oh. So that value has gone. I thought anything in black figures, it was just perfect. But... Hopefully, we can find that little bit of value back. In race number two, I've actually got a two-horse uh, 
combo here. I think they'll finale the race, and you could back both of them and still make a profit. Number five, Micton Mouse, and number 10, Cherokee Jack. Currently 420, and the other one is at $3.90, and I think they'll be finale on the race. So nice and early, best bet. Race one, number seven, the Statesman. Race two, number five, Micton Mouse. And number 10, Cherokee Jack, both back both make a profit. Beautiful, Steve. Beautiful. Did you have a um did you have a quick view on the Bendigo Cup uh tomorrow yeah. evening? Yeah, I am really keen on Beyond the Light. I think if he gets out one stride earlier last start, he just wins. He won't be uh, locked away looking for luck this week. They'll drive him very confidently. Um I've actually the little black book has got him to win, and then we've got Serge Blanco and Max Delight to uh trifecta the race. So really keen beyond the light. Then Serge Blanco and Max Delight to fill the placings. But uh, it'll be a great race no matter which way it goes. Absolutely. Well, uh, there are your selections for Melton tonight. Good luck. Uh, you've got the Friday form panel coming up shortly, and then you'll be on trackside tonight. So a busy day for you. Very busy. Thanks, Josh. Have a great one. There's Steve Cleave, uh, who is a uh, harness trainer, but also uh, part of the Harness Race in Victoria media team there on uh, Trots Vision. He's also heard regularly on SEN track, as he will be from 10.30 with Dan Malecki. They'll be going through the Bendigo Cup, the Maori Mile, and Sunday's Cobram Cup. And he's on tonight with Damo Watson with those selections from Melton. So his tips, race one, number seven, uh, the win. And then race two, he's backing five and 10 and also have something small on the Quinella. Let's get to a uh, break, a first break after 10 o'clock because Luke Hofenesian and Mitchie Lewis are ready to rock and roll on the other side. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. We're powering through our bag of tips this morning, all thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound, stocking the largest range at the best prices. Visit horseandhound.com.au. Luke Hofenesian has joined us for Wagga and Canterbury today slash tonight. Luke, good morning. Morning, Josh. Let's uh, rip into Wagga firstly. Yep, so just got the one play at Wagga. We'll go race three, number five, Progetto. Um, it's a dominant victor first up at Cowra when he was in this grade. And then this four-year-old gelding was thrown into the deep end at Mooney Valley last start. He was far from disgrace. And adding that he had to carry 60 kilos, his effort was more than pleasing. Um, he now heads back uh, heads to Wagga. He can build on this promising uh, career third up. He draws wide, but he should be able to land on on speed and slot into the running line with cover. With any luck, I think he'll prove far too sharp for his rivals here, so I'm happy to play at the short quote. Beautiful. That's race three, number five at Wagga. And then we uh, move along to Canterbury this evening. Yeah, so we've got two early plays. So we'll start off in the first. So number three, Miss Piera. Um, it was a good effort first up. She only had the run off one trial. So I'm, I'm expecting her to strip bitter here. She landed on speed on that occasion, but she didn't cross um, to the inside rail. And it let the winner punch up and go right along the rail, hit the lead, and she just couldn't be caught. So now second up, she'll be fitter. I think she'll land on speed again. She's got a really good early muster. And if she controls this race, I think she'll be really hard to catch. So I'm happy to play around about 370, 380 at the moment. Beautiful race one, number three. And then we move along to... We'll go to race three, number nine, decisively. I think the market's really missed one here. Um, this Chris Waller runner can surprise at odds. He was brilliant in his last trial, went three wide without cover, and he powered to the line under grips. He finished third on that occasion, but past the line, he was given a little bit of rain, and he exploded to join the winner of the trial, went right past him. Um, James McDonald, who's fresh back from his Hong Kong stint, jumps on board, and from Barry Seven, should position him well in the moving line. If he gets a crack at him, I think he'll be storming home. And that Canterbury, the tempo will be true. I think he's really, really good value. So happy to play him as well. Beautiful. That's race one, number three, and race three, number nine at Canterbury. And then race three, number five at Wagga. Luke, good luck. And thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. Cheers, Joshy. There's Luke Hofenesian with some selections at Wagga and Canterbury. Mitch Lewis is on the line as he is each and every morning. He's done the form for Cranbourne and Stall. Mitch, good morning. Morning, JJ. How are you today, mate? I'm going well. I'm going well. We're ripping through these uh, selections beautifully. Cranbourne, uh, well, let's actually start with Stall uh, this afternoon. You've got a, a tip or two there for us. 
Yeah, I've got a couple for us at Stoll. So the first one's going to come in race four. I don't mind number one, Eamon Opus uh, for the Kavanagh team. Look, this horse, he's only lightly raced um, second up here today. I thought he was okay first up, but he's had two second up runs previously in his career that have been quite good. Uh, I reckon second up here today with a little bit of improvement, he should go pretty close in this smaller field. So he's our first pick there. And if we shuffle along to race six, I like number two, Radio Pow. So he saw some maps really well out of barrier two. I think he'll jump forwards and control the race. And he's had two lead-up trials that he won quite convincingly, one of them by about five lengths. So I think it all looks nicely for Radio Pow there today as well. So they're the two there at stall. Beautiful. And then Cranbourne tonight? Yeah, look, Cranbourne, it's a little bit interesting. I've, I found it a little bit tricky in the sense I think there's a few shorties that should just win. So we went value hunting for some ones that stood out there. So in race seven, number four, Rylov for Peter Moody and Cass Coleman. This horse was 10th first up at Flemington, but it was only three lengths away from the winner. So it's not that bad a run if you actually go back and have a look at it. Barrier six, we'll jump there up on the speed. And he's two from two second up. So I think that's a really good each-way play, Rylov, while we're still getting an each-way price. I just think he's going to be up there forwards in a handy position. So he'll take a little bit of catching. And then in the last, I don't really dive too often into the staying events, but race eight, number three, Cadazio, I think just jumps off the page a little bit. His run two starts back was pretty handy. And then he was fifth at Caulfield last start behind Dublin Journal, who's won again since. So I think Cadazio up slightly in trip probably looks pretty well suited here. Yeah, I like it. That's uh, race seven, number four, Rylov at Cranbourne, and also race eight, number three. Mitch, good luck with those selections and uh, appreciate your efforts this week. Thank you, mate. No, you've done a good job, and thanks for having me on during the week. Absolutely. There's uh, Mitchie Lewis, form guide breakdowns. He is the man uh, with all of their selections across Victoria and South Australia. You'll be able to get some of his uh, selections tomorrow as well if you follow along on SEN Track, but also on SEN.com.au. Just head to the SEN Track Tipping Hub and you'll get every uh, selection that we've got there. So just recapping uh, a couple of those uh, selections. Cranbourne Race 7, number four, and Race 8, number three, both are at a decent price. The racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State, and Chris Nelson has done the form all over Queensland, but certainly Sunshine Coast Today is where he is going to take aim. Chris, oh, good morning. Good morning, JJ. I thought you were going to ask me about the Goldie tomorrow, but I have got some tips for the Sunny Coast, so that's all well and good. Yes, I'll uh, get some for both. Uh, the Sunny Coast, uh, firstly, rip through those uh, selections if you wouldn't mind. All right. Well, race two, number one, sneak preview was an Eagle Farm winner last time out. Now, he's back from 1800 to 1600. Some might think that's a bit of an issue, but, gee, his sectionals that day were outstanding. I think he's really in the zone, this horse, and he only rises a, a, a small amount in weight, so I think he can win again. And I think the price of around 280 290 available is pretty good. So race two, number one, sneak preview. Uh, we'll go to race number five. Sorry, we'll go to race six. Horse number five, Lady Ladar. Now, she resumes. She's got some good form. She won first up last preparation. And then she went to a stronger race for Queensland Guinea. She didn't fire there. And then she had a sort of a mixed preparation. Distances are a bit all over the place. I think she did well considering she's had a nice lead-up trial. She handles the give in the ground, and she's going to finish right over the top of these. Charlie's case is a favourite, but his uh, strike rate pretty much sums up what he is. He's, he's a bit of a gunner. I think Lady Ladar will be too good. So race six, number five, Lady Ladar. And then the last race, probably three winning chances, four, six, and seven, I'm with the seven Ruby Chicks, around $4. Loved her recent trial at the Sunny Coast. She went to the line under an absolute stranglehold. I'm sure the jockey there would have woken up with the sorest arms the next day because uh, she had a lot more to offer and she's won two of three fresh. So we'll round out the night with race seven, number seven, Ruby Chicks. Beautiful. I like it. There's some selections for us at the Sunny Coast. Uh, what, is your, what have you made of the, the card there on the Gold Coast tomorrow? It looks... Uh, uh, a ripping card. There's a nice blend of horses from Victoria and Sydney joining in as well. So it's going to be a, a nice race day, Chris. It will. And and that's and you've summed it up beautifully there, JJ. We get so many form lines from different states. It's very, very hard to be absolutely nailed down and think something's a special. Uh, we will race on a good track. Uh, it's a good four this morning, which is unbelievable. Look, there are a couple of storms and a little bit forecast. It may not eventuate. So just keep an eye on that. But 
This track obviously drives really well. Race five, number nine, certainly can. is a filly that Tony Gollan's got a really good opinion of. I think she can win from the wide gate. I'll go race seven, number one, the Vowels. I think the distance rise will suit him. And race nine, number eight, Warby, I think is racing really well. And you'll get almost double figures, so back him each way. It's your part of the world, so you are certainly the expert when it comes to uh, the Gold Coast. But, um, geez, I'm keen on uh, Chili Philly in the Rising yep. Stars plate. It looks a, looks a beautiful race for her. We spoke to Chris Lees earlier in the week. Tim Clark goes on, uh, drawn beautifully, I think, on speed for a long, long way, this horse. And whatever uh, beats her will be winning. I've got her on top too, JJ. I thought she looked beautifully placed uh, from that gate. And look, she's she's got upside. She's won two of three and there are excuses at the defeat. And she was good running down Spring Lee in Sydney last time out. Oh, I think she's the one to beat there as well. And yeah, she's got the form and she's got the gate where some of those other main chances they've drawn out and they'll have to do plenty of work. They will. They will indeed. Chris, I will uh, uh, follow those selections on the sunny coast today and we'll speak uh, across the day tomorrow. We'll be on course at Geelong for the Coastal Classic and you'll have eyes on at the Gold Coast. Appreciate your time. Anytime, JJ. Have a great day. We'll chat tomorrow. Absolutely. There's Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Michael Thompson's jumped in the studio uh, to join me to go through some of these uh, markets and these best bets. Tomo, good morning. Morning, JJ. How are you? Yeah, going well. Going well. Let's start with a couple from uh, Bear Robinson uh, at Hobart. He was keen on a few there uh, today, I'll do them in uh, race book order just to make it a little bit easier on you. Race seven, number eight at Hobart. Uh, he was keen uh, on that horse to run a place. So Jack-Jack at the moment is paying $3.60 all things to bet three six five, And if you are a little bit bullish on its chances, $21 for the win. But uh, Bear Robertson will be placing a bet there for $3.60. Beautiful. And then race eight, number nine. And race nine, number four, were, the, were his other two selections. Swinging it for Carleen Heffel is at $5 to win, all thanks to bet 365. And then, of course, Sistine for Siggy Carr, who was on earlier today with your fine self. Favourite at the moment at $2.30, all thanks to bet 365. Uh, Luke Hofenesian had one selection at Wagga for us. It comes up in race number three. It's horse number five, uh, Progetto. Yes, Progetto is at even money at the moment. JJ for Simon Miller and Peter Ma. $2 all thanks to bet365. Beautiful. And then Canterbury tonight, race one, number three was Miss Piera and race three, number nine, decisively. So Miss Piera at the moment for Dylan Gibbons and Bjorn Baker is at $3.60 all thanks to bet365. And then, of course, the other selection too is race three, number nine, decisively. You can get $5 for the J-Mac and Chris Waller combination there, all thanks to Bet365. Yes, we like that there. Cranburn for Mitch Lewis. We're going to wait till 9.15, but Rylov, uh, race seven, number four, and we've got Caldasio, uh, race eight, number three, for Mitchie Lewis at Cranburn. For the Moody and Catherine Coleman uh, horse here, Rylov, you can get $7.50, or if you want to play an each-way play, seven fifty to win, two thirty to place, all thanks to Bet365, Brian Higgins, on board that one. And then the last one is race eight, number three, which is Cadazio for Daniel Moore and for the Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. horse here. $2.90, I can give you all thanks to Bet365, JJ. Uh, we've got uh, race four, number one at Stall. We've got another of Mitch Lewis's selections, uh, Aminophis, uh, which goes around, tricky one to say, goes around as the toppy for Tommy Preble, who claims a couple. You did really well with the pronunciation there, JJ. Amethyst is at $2.40, all thanks to Bet365 at store today. And then we've got uh, race six, number two, Radio Pal. Radio Power is similar to the Husson Bubba O'Reilly. Radio Power with the Adam McKay riding that one, $3, all thanks to Bet365. And then on the sunny coast, we've got uh, Chris Nelson's selections, race two, number one, which is uh, Sneak Preview. We've got race six, number five, which is Lady Ladar. And then we've got race seven, number seven, Ruby Chicks. For CJ Graham, I can give you $2.70 all thanks to Bet365 for sneak preview at the Sunshine Coast for Chris Nelson as we move on to race number six. And what was the name of the horse again? Uh, Lady Ladar. Lady Ladar with Jaden Lloyd on board. I can give you $3.40 there for Bet365 race in race number six. And then the final tip was, again, my apologies, JJ. Uh, it is uh, race seven, number seven, Ruby Chicks. Ruby Chicks for Mark Duplessis. I can give you $3.80, all thanks to Bet365. And we quickly, uh, Steve Cleve's got race one, number seven at Melton, which is the Statesman for Chris Alford and Alison Alford. 
Let me get those odds up for you very, very shortly. JJ, I'm just quickly getting that one up. So the first selection for Steve Cleave tonight, he'll be on with Dan Malecki very, very shortly. $1.75 for Chris Elford for the Statesman in Melton tonight. And then he reckons you can back uh, horses number 10 and number five in race two. So number five is Micton Mouse and number 10 is Cherokee Jack. Micton Mouse, I can give you $4.20 for Corey O'Donoghue, who's going to be driving that one. Uh, number five in the second. And for Cherokee Jack, it's at $4.80. Annalise Scott is driving that one tonight at Melton. And as always, today's wagering update is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favorite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. It is a, uh, it's a mouthful, but it, uh, well done uh, by you, Tomo. Appreciate all your help, yourself and Fletch, and uh, also Paul Sebastiani, and uh, Nico last week. It's uh, been good fun, but Gareth Hall's back in the seat uh, come Monday. Absolutely, and I'll see you tomorrow down there with Geelong, JJ. Indeed, absolutely. So there's your tips. Jump on sen.com.au, uh, get on the app, and uh, head to the uh, track hub, and you'll get all those selections. I'll be up on the SEN app shortly. If you just head to the track hub, you'll get all of the selections uh, for today's racing and across the weekend. It's been good fun. Thanks to everyone who's been involved all the trainers and participants all the track managers and all the guests all the tipsters Mitchie Lewis and Darren Carroll I don't think have missed a day so I've enjoyed my little uh, stint in the chair a couple of weeks over the Christmas New Year's period but more than happy to uh, welcome the great man the big man the G-man back uh, into the big chair come Monday so Monday January 8 Gareth Hall is back in action we'll be at Geelong tomorrow don't forget we will be at Geelong tomorrow uh, for the big Coastal Classic. Coming up next, we've got Steve Cleave and Dan Malecki for the Friday form panel. And then it's a big SEN track afternoon from 1pm. Cam Luke steering the ship. Catch up.